Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. There was a study done in 2015 by the American Sociological Association that found that women initiate about two-thirds of all divorces and that college-educated women initiate divorce at an even higher rate, at about 90%, which begs the question that if, as we are often told, women are better at relationships, what are we missing? Why do they then initiate more divorces? So to help answer that question, I'm joined by women's empowerment coach, Julie Danielson. So Julie, thanks for coming on the show and talking about what for me has been kind of like, okay, this doesn't make any sense. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Um, Wow. So that question, why are women initiating more divorces? You know, I speak to a lot of women. And most of the women that I do speak to are college educated and Mm -hmm. they, they are able to leave a relationship that is no longer working for them. They Uh have a job, they have a career. So, you know, for a lot of women, like that's, that's what's different in this era is these women are able to make it on their own because they are college educated and, and have jobs. So those women obviously um, have the means, right? Right. There, yeah. There's also some women that don't have the means, but I, I find that maybe their husband initiated the divorce or, or did something that was finally the last straw. And mm-hmm they end up filing. They end up being the one that does the work on the back end to get the divorce facilitated. Yes. And this is, you know, that, this is an interesting thing. Um, you know, and, and I see it in what I do all the time mm-hmm. where frequently it is the actual filing of a di- or divorce or the actual, Oh, I went to an attorney today, honey, that gets mm-hmm. men to pay attention. But you actually, I mean, and I know that you help, you work with women through the yeah. emotional turmoil of divorce. And yep. you wrote a piece a, a while ago for a divorce magazine called The Breaking Point, Why Do Women Initiate Divorce More Than Men? And so that's, mm-hmm. that's how I connected with you. And mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that sometimes when you're working with a woman, you wonder if divorce is actually necessary or if it's just easier mm-hmm. so I'm curious why do you think that what what's going on with the women that you meet you go okay is this really what you what needs to happen or is this just easier than I assume when you say easier you mean easier than doing the work of putting it back together is that kind of what you're yeah at? I, I think I think easier um what I'm Like people do not want conflict. They (laughs) avoid it. Right. And and a lot of women, especially like they, they try and try to make a relationship work for a long, long time. They invest a lot into it to the point Mm -hmm. where they stay quiet. They don't speak up and get their voices heard. They're not getting their needs met. And Mm -hmm. then there comes a point where that's uncomfortable 
And the discomfort of that outweighs the discomfort of speaking up. And so they're finally speaking right. up and the husband's like, everything's fine. I don't know what you're talking about. And, mm-hmm. and there's that conflict where she's not getting her needs met. And she also is responsible for getting her needs met. And I think that's one thing that yeah. young people don't really understand. And when we talk about, you know, most divorces today, young people have rose colored glasses when they get divorced. And I think you said <laughs> at one time, you said um, divorces for mature people, right? And actually, I said when marriage, actually, I say marriage is for mature people. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Marriage is for mature people. Um, and most people are young when they get married and they choose their partner because you know, he's hot or whatever. <laughs> right. But, but they, don't is great. Massive, yeah. they don't have this massive list of criteria, which is what mature people, like my second marriage, I had a list of criteria. Like he had to check all the boxes and have zero red flags or we were not moving forward in a relationship, right? And uh-huh. I think like young people don't, don't have that same criteria. And they get married because somebody's, easy, convenient, they're there, and everybody mm-hmm. else around them is getting married, right? Oh, yes. So, yeah, it's, women what, going yeah, it's, yeah, it's part of that sliding, not deciding thing, as opposed to, like, oh, here's this person who will enhance my life, and I will enhance their lives, versus, oh, well, I'm, you know, 27 years old, and all my friends are getting married, and I'm tired of being the one on the outs, and, oh, he's hot, or yeah. she's hot. Yeah, Absolutely. We can make it work, which are the words that I hate to hear when describing a marriage. <laughs> if you ever hear those words, it's not going to work. Yeah. Well, so I think women lose themselves, right? Because mm-hmm. they are not speaking up and getting their voice heard from the get-go. And mm-hmm. I feel like if they were to do that, their husband would know what they're getting into. Right. Rather than trying to conform to fit what they think he wants them to be, uh-huh. that's what women end up doing. They try to conform and, and they're not getting their own needs met by being their truest self. Right. Well, and it's, it's so interesting that you point that out because there's a there's the flip side of this for men about, you know, the happy wife, happy life. Just say, yes, dear, kind of thing, which is almost the flip mm. side. So it's almost like both partners are are isolated from what really makes the relationship work and they don't ask the questions they don't they don't pay attention like you're saying to the red flags and and it's interesting because I may ask you about this in in a bit if it comes up but this idea of having um, a list and unfortunately with Mm -hmm. a lot of young people or with a lot of people, not just in general, I, young, not necessarily chronologically, but young maturity, because you could be 70 and not right. be mature. Um, right. The idea of what are the important things to have on that list? Because, I mean, for me, I, you know, I knew I needed somebody who was intelligent. I knew I needed somebody who could handle mm-hmm. my wacky sense of humor. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, it was those kinds of things, not necessarily what he looked like. Or, you know, I mean, right. Like I married, I married my husband. My husband says, why did you marry me? Because when I married him, he was in grad school. And I looked at him, I said, you had potential. Oh my gosh. That's so funny you say that. 
<laughs> you know, but because you know, he goes, I had no money. I said, that didn't matter. I knew that you have the capacity to yeah. you know, be a good partner. And it, and again, you know, I'd gone through several breakups. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't my first rodeo. And all I can say, and I've said this before on the show, that thank goodness neither one of my college boyfriends proposed because it would have been a disaster. But, yeah, so right. it, it, it's, this, it's this interesting idea that people come to this, and then when it isn't all rose-colored glasses, they think that the answer is divorce. Mm-hmm. You know, which has, which, by the way, my viewpoint is if you don't have children, not a problem. If you have children, you actually can't really divorce because this person is going to be in your life for all the children are around. And so in that particular case, I don't know that divorce actually is easier. Right, right. I mean, I've been divorced, and my ex lives a mile down the road. <laughs> and we co-parented. Yes, we've co-parented this whole time. My kids have four loving parents, right. which, which if you can do it that way, right? Like that's the ideal if you have to have a divorce. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. Right. So you were right? saying that when we, we were talking about criteria, I just mm-hmm. want to say something really quick because when I talk about criteria for the women that I work with um, and help them build their list of must-haves, nowhere uh-huh. on that list is physical attributes. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Criteria is like just the character of a person. Like uh-huh. what qualities do you want them to have? Like I feel like that's really important to like go out in the world and seek that when you're in the dating process. I could not agree with you. If, I mean, 100% I agree with that because that's, you know, I, I talk about you know, dating as, you know, you're, it, it's your job hunting. You know, you're, you're, looking, you're yes. looking for your life partner. What, define what that looks like, you know. Right? Um, but, but young people or, you know, Im- immature people, when they go out dating, they're not putting the effort and the work into it like they would if they were job hunting, which is really mm-hmm. unfortunate, right? Like mm-hmm. we should oh, put absolutely. way more effort into picking our partner and, you know, spending more money rather than on the marriage day or the divorce. Mm-hmm. Spend mm-hmm. the money on the marriage. Spend the absolutely. investment of your time, energy, and money on the actual marriage. Oh, you're, you're singing my song, Julie. So in this this article, you also say that women crave connection, but they don't know how to ask for it. So what do you mean by this? (sighs) Women want to feel seen, heard, and and feel loved, right? And Mm -hmm. if they're not willing to speak up and get their get their needs met in that relationship, then it's just not going to happen. Like women, a lot of women, and I, and I make like in statements a lot, but a lot of women Mm -hmm. feel like he should read her mind. Oh, if he loved me, he would just know. No. (laughs) (laughs) The mind reading school of marriage. I love it. And other bullshit, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sorry, I forgot to ask That's you. That's okay. To say bad words. Sometimes I flip. So yeah, I agree with um, you. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Women um, 
are responsible for getting their own needs met in a relationship, and that means speak up. Mm-hmm. Use your voice. And show him how to love you. Show him what, what means speaking your love language means, right? Like, I don't know if you talk Correct. about love languages, but I, I absolutely believe in knowing each other's love language by the third date. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Because well, if he's you- not willing to go online with you and take that very easy online test to know, then if he's not interested in getting to know you in that way, then he's not your person. I so love that. You know, and, you know, and it's this interesting thing. And I, I forget where I was. It was some, I, I really wish I could remember who said this to me. But it was um, talking about how quickly women get invested in relationships versus men. And it, I think it speaks a little bit to what you were saying before mm-hmm. about conforming. And, yes. and, and, and here's the deal, and this is, this is one thing I really want women to know, is that if you start behaving in a certain way, the, the, the guy isn't going to question that that's who you are. He's going to take you at you're doing what you're doing, because guys, guys rarely play that game. Guys, right. guys play that they game don't later. They don't do it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, so, so if you say to somebody, yeah, sure, this is great, this is okay, yeah. and it's not really great and okay, he's not, he, especially if it's something he wants to do, he's not going to argue with you. And I think this is how women get in over their head, um, somebody was talking about the emotional load that women carry in relationships and all the stuff that women oh, take on. And yes. it's sort of like, okay, first, first off, the guys never asked you to do this. And, and even yes. if they did, you have the option of saying, um, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but, but it's trying to break out of the expectation box yes you know and which I mean years ago I can't even remember how many years ago uh, I can't even remember the author's name but she wrote a book called sex and the seasoned woman and it was about women in their 50s and 60s who finally had enough they said screw this we're, we're, we're you know it's been all about the guy it's been all about the kids and now it's about me yeah and I remember reading I remember reading the excerpt from it and I'm going it always should have been about you, in addition to the other people, not to the exclusion of, but it's like if you take yourself out of the, out of the equation, who's, who's responsible for that, right? And I think that's kind of what you're saying with this. Yeah, and I really believe that women need to come into a relationship being 100% whole, being really mm-hmm. self-secure, know what they want, and then stand up for that. And Mm -hmm. I see a lot of women, even women that I start working with, I see them um, in the beginning parts of dating, and they make up in their mind this whole vision of who this guy is before they Mm -hmm. actually get to know who he really is. And so they, they are, and I call this dating for potential, right? You mentioned potential earlier, and it's, and, and it's, reminded me of this whole conversation that I've had is, is women date for potential and what they end up getting is somebody who never lives up to the potential that they made up for him in their own mind. 
Well, yeah, that's, that's really interesting because I will actually talk about are you in love with the man standing in or front of idea. you in your house or, <laughs> or, or, the, or the one you think he could be or you want him to be. Yes. And if it's yes. not the flesh and blood guy, mm-hmm. you know, one, don't blame him for that. I mean, it, now, there are men who will, who will play games. I'm not talking about the narcissist. I'm, not talk, I'm talking about right. the ordinary, everyday guys you know, who are basically good guys, but you, you're wanting them to be somebody else, and then you get mad at them mm-hmm. when they're not. Yes. <laughs> here. Exactly, exactly. And I love telling women when they go out there in the dating world, um, if they find a red flag, they need to ask themselves, is this a feature or a flaw? Because if it mm-hmm. really is a red flag and a flaw and you can't live with it, don't try to change it. Just exit mm-hmm. the relationship next because you always get to up level. Like when you collect these qualities that you like in the dating world, you get to up level every time, right? You get to oh, add more mm-hmm. qualities to your list. But if, you, mm-hmm. if it's a flaw and you're trying to change him, he may never change. And that one little thing can become the breaking point of your, of your marriage down the road. Right. Absolutely. If it's, if you can say, okay, well maybe this is a feature and I can love it and you decide Uh to love it. Right. Uh He's not an alcoholic, but maybe he has like some weird quirk. (laughs) (laughs) Like he likes to collect, I don't know. He likes to collect trains. Right. But if you can learn to love it, then it's okay but you have to commit to loving it, right? I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this yeah. is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with women's empowerment coach Julie Danielson about the interesting finding that women initiate the majority of divorces. And if you're a woman listening, you probably can relate to this conversation. And if you're a man, you need to be listening carefully. Because the real issue is when someone is experiencing difficulty in their marriage, they resort to either or thinking, it will stay this way, this bad way, or I need to end it. They often miss the third possibility to see if it can be made better. And in many, many cases, it can. So if you find yourself in a less than desirable marriage, I can help. Um, you, I can send me an email or give me a phone call and schedule your free Happily Ever After is just the beginning strategy session. Um, you can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N is in Nancy, C is in charlie.com, or you can reach me at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. Now I want to get back to talking about this conversation. So, Julie... There is this common conundrum, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, where women are unhappy Mm -hmm. with their marriages, but men think everything is fine. (laughs) What is that about? I mean, I mean, I realize that we all experience things differently, but it's, I mean, but they are Mm -hmm. in completely different worlds. Absolutely, and I think this is where, and you mentioned the word mental load earlier. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love that term. I feel like it's a a brand new term that really does describe 
this mental load that women carry that men have nothing to do with. And it's really funny because women just take it on. They yeah. take it on and they don't out- offload any of it. But, um, and there's a really good comic out there. If, if you just Google mental load, Emma, there's this French comic artist that really <laughs> describes the mental load incredibly well. And like women, especially young women, they're, they're having babies they pour their life into making sure everybody is good, uh, making, sure uh, they're, uh. making sure their kids are happy, making sure their husband is happy. Um, they're taking care of the house, the chores, the groceries, the dinner, the children's doctor appointments, dentist appointments, shot records. Like they're, all of that is the mental load, right? But they're mm-hmm. also working full time. Yes, yes. Right? So they come mm-hmm. home, they're bringing home the children, they've got the groceries in hand, and like I'm just saying, for example, the husband mm-hmm. might crack a beer and watch the news, and she's cooking dinner, and she's right. feeding the kids, and she's right. doing laundry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she's shutting up. She's got her head down and going to work, and she's not and investing thieving. in the relationship. Oh, and, and thieving. Thieving. Oh, yes. Yes, and not saying enough. It's so funny that you mentioned this because, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was a time in my marriage. My daughter, I have, my, I have two kids, a son and a daughter. Mm-hmm. My, my son's the older one. And when my daughter went to kindergarten, I had gone back to school. I was studying. I was working to become a marriage and family therapist. And, you know, when she was little, when she was in preschool, all I had to do was throw clothes on her, throw her in the car, take her off to school, and... They did breakfast, lunch, whatever. But when she started kindergarten, I had this vision, I can remember it clearly, where I am literally flying around the kitchen. I swear to God, my feet were not touching the floor, getting my son's breakfast and lunch, my daughter's breakfast and lunch, my breakfast, you know, all this stuff. And I look over and there's my husband sitting at the kitchen table with the newspaper eating his breakfast. And I had this (laughs) moment of, I wanted to scream at him, do you not see I could use help? And obviously right? my therapist brain kicked in. I don't know what brain it was, not, my, not the one that was running me at the moment. I just went, right, honey. And he put the paper down. He goes, yes. I said, could you please get Jenna her breakfast? And from that day until the day she went to middle school, he got her breakfast. My son didn't eat breakfast. Oh, so my gosh. Right? But, but it was but your therapist's brain. And all I brain. had to do was ask. Yeah. It was your therapist's brain because your other brain, your primal brain, was the one that was in freak out and oh, thieving yeah. and staying quiet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's survival and, mode. And too many women live in survival mode. And they, and, don't speak and up. they, make, and they make a mistake. They ask. I mean, I sort of did, but I, I actually made a specific request. I did not ask my husband to help me. Mm, because I, like that. I don't I don't like the word if you help because help implies he doesn't have responsibility. Help me with this. If I say help me with this, it means it's my job, it's my responsibility, and I need your assistance as opposed Ooh. to no 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 no. We need to split this out here. <laughs> yeah. There's no help. It's like you don't help in your own house like you don't babysit your own kids. Right. I love that. Yeah. But, Absolutely. And, and most, 
and most men you know, will do it, but, but here's, and I call this the double-edged sword of being a capable, competent woman. Yeah. You're making it look easy. He doesn't know, one, you don't want to do this, or two, you're struggling with it. You know, it's like, it's like the, the old vaudeville guys you know, with the, all the plates spinning. <laughs> you know, how many right? more plates are we spinning here? Exactly. And, and then what they do, rather than, um, you know, direct him in, into the right direction, what they end up doing is exploding. Yep. Right? They have a complete breakdown because they've mm-hmm. been holding it in for so long. And then, in turn, that makes him very defensive right? She explodes, she criticizes, he gets all defensive and angry. And then they, you know, have resentment towards each other. And I really believe that resentment is the core of, of what ruins a marriage. It's really the black plague of a marriage. If you yep. continue on that path. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It, yeah. Resentment is, is the marriage killer. Absolutely. <laughs> so you also say in, about you, another common dynamic, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is when, is when men actually are faced with an actual divorce, they take action. It's often too late. Women will actually say, well, why the heck didn't he do this before? And they, you know, whatever efforts he's making, too little, too late. What's that about? And what would be a better way to handle this? Women keep quiet. They keep their head down. They go to work. And by the time they say the word divorce, it's because they've already been sitting with it for mm-hmm. years. They yep. they just keep, like, waiting for the straw that breaks the camel's back. And then it mm-hmm. does. And then it's completely over in their mind, and they've already mourned the marriage. I see this yeah. happening a lot. And, and it could very well happen for men too. Um, I only work with women, so I, I hear the women's side of this. And that's what's happening is they've held it in for so long. By the time they ask for the divorce or they say the word divorce, and he goes to work and starts doing the things that he should have been doing all along, it's mm-hmm. too late. It's too yeah. late. She no longer wants to invest in marriage. And that's, and that's one of the things that – because. I, I've actually shifted now to, to a lot of my focus is working with men because I want them to avoid this. And yes. I truly wonder because I, I think that, and a lot of this has to do with a lot of the stereotypes of what marriage is, what it isn't, who's in charge, all this other crap that's out there that doesn't hold water when you actually look at it. Um, yeah. Is this idea, do men really, are, are men really unhappy? And I do believe in some cases they actually are. But yes. they, they're not unhappy enough to, ups, to completely upset the apple cart. I mean, I actually have this one client who almost his entire marriage has it's been sexless and he's not happy with it. It's like, okay, but you're living with it. So, mm. but, but one of the things that men don't get is that they think that when their, women's, that when their wives stop talking about the problem, they're, they're home free. I'm going, no, 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 no. Unless you know for sure that it has been addressed and resolved, she's going underground and planning her escape. Yes. And then she's going to show up one day 
and go, I'm done, and you're, and, and now's the hair on fire. And like yep. you said, she's already grieved it. She's already mm-hmm. done all of that. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love that. I, I love that you're working with men to help them, like, identify this stuff. I think there's a lot of, you know, I hear from the women, but the men that are out there that are, that are healthy and um, the, the reason they have a hard time in a marriage is they have a hard time talking about their feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. is a huge common problem. I mean, I think we have raised generation after generation of men that, you know, they're told boys don't cry, mm-hmm. you know, suck it up, buttercup, yeah. and, and yep. they don't know how to feel emotions. The, the one emotion that they're allowed to feel that works for men is anger. Yep. Yeah. And, 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 they're, and they're also allowed lust. That's the other thing. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, guys, this is not going to yeah. work here. And... You know, and I don't know if you're familiar with Terry Real, but he also, you know, he does, he does a lot of work with men. And, and one of the things that he talks about is, is, again, about this cutoff of men and their feelings. And, but mm-hmm. also this idea that women then, when the, when the men want to do this, and I'm going to argue that more men want to do this than not. They just don't know how that women need to be invited about this, that a man is not going to share his feelings the way your girlfriend does. Yes. It needs you know. to be safe. It needs to be really safe for him. Yes. Right? You can't come at him with your claws out. You, it needs to be invited because men have an opportunity to turn towards you in a marriage mm-hmm. and, and have that connection or they might turn away mm-hmm. and, and pleasure seek and do something to feel better. And that usually means numb themselves in some way, alcohol, mm-hmm. porn, some other addiction, um, yep. women, right? And, and mm-hmm. that, and, and then a lot of women say, oh, well, the breakdown in the marriage was because he cheated. Something came before uh-huh. that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, something always comes before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless I mean, c- certain exceptions apply because there is just a group of people, and and they're both genders who just will not be monogamous, and that's fine. Please don't, please don't get into a relationship where and monogamy is expected. But other than that, right. yeah, I mean, there's, and, and then again, this is what I tell people. I say, you know. If there's a problem in your relationship, address it. Do not wait until there's infidelity because then it becomes all about the affair and not, <laughs> and not what was going on beforehand. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, and, it's, and it is. It's so hard because, you know, I think a lot of people get, get caught in this catch-22, and it's a fear-based thing that if I step up and I voice, my thoughts, my feelings, my needs, whether it's whether you're a man or a woman, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. There's this yeah. fear that my partner isn't going to like it. And the issue with, and what I say is, and the problem with that is what? <laughs> right? You know, it's not um, safe. Right. Well, they're being and, vulnerable, I think. Right? Yes. They're being vulnerable. 
And there does have to be a level of safety to be vulnerable. And again, yeah. that emotional maturity comes into that of, of both being able to be vulnerable and allow somebody to be vulnerable in your presence because, oh my gosh, you know, if my partner is afraid, you know, it's like, ah, what do I do? Um, yeah. I have to be able to handle that. And Absolutely. here's the thing I want people to know. You can learn how to do this. Right? These are all skills that are learned. And unfortunately, they don't teach it in elementary school or high school. You know, you have no. to be seeking this type of development and growth. And, you know, I really believe that a lot of marriages out there fall into that rat hole mm-hmm of resentment and it's almost like it's so hard to come back from that but it's so important to address that and get the help that you need well and and what you know and what I know is that a lot of people do this work after they've gotten a divorce yeah <laughs> it's like okay can you do it beforehand <laughs> right you know and and it's important to do the work. And it's important to do the work not because you want to be in a relationship. It's important to do the work so that you can live in your own skin. And so that you can have a relationship with yourself and have yep. self-security and have a self-worth, right? Because without self-security Absolutely. and self-worth, you're not going to attract a good partner to you. You're going to nope. be attracting wounded men, <laughs> that just repeat the same problems over and over again. Yeah, that is so true. So, Julie, mm-hmm. where can people learn more about this? Where can they learn more about you? Awesome. Um, I have a website, thrivingthroughdivorce.com, and I work with women that want to have a better life after divorce. They want to do this work, right? Mm-hmm. They really want to grow and transform and still have amazing love, but in order to get there, they need to become the woman that can attract that. So thrivingthroughdivorce.com, I also have a podcast. It's called Get Over Divorce. Yay. I love it. So what I need people to understand is that miserable and marriage are two words that I do not believe should ever be in the same sentence. But unfortunately, when the bloom wears off the honeymoon rose, couples are often left not knowing what to do. They assume it's supposed to be this way or that it will get better with time. It doesn't occur to them that there are actions they can take long before a divorce is considered. Some people think the answer to divorce is just not to get married. Unfortunately, that doesn't stop breakups. And a better answer is actually to learn and implement what is known to make marriage relationships thrive. So I invite you to do that. And one of the ways I invite you to do that is to keep listening to this show. So until next week, stay loving. 